Welcome to the Get Prepared Podcast, where we teach you how to future-proof your skills and become a lifelong learner. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. Uh, I should say good morning for those of you that are joining us from the West Coast um, and good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on today's virtual event to discuss innovative solutions to the future of work. Uh, your moderators for today are going to be myself, Solar Chagbar, uh, Chief Visioneer at uh, Prepper, and Caitlin McDonough, um, who is, hi, Caitlin. Uh, who's going to be chairing and moderating a lot of the sessions uh, for today. Before we get um, into it, I want to thank our sponsor, Magnet, from Ryerson University, uh, who's been generous enough to uh, support us on this event. Magnet, amongst many of the programs that uh, are offered by them, has a student work placement program to subsidize uh, students uh, being hired throughout the year. So so thank you to everyone. I believe we will just move into the next phase. So, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about up until now has been around, you know, what are the different opportunities with uh, student work? What are some of the challenges that COVID-19 has brought about? Um, but also, you know, now we're seeing that potentially employers are more open to things that they weren't in the past um, because they're having to evolve and adapt with their own workforce. Um, so to say that there are barriers, and, and some of what I want to talk about today is really challenges and opportunities, partially in the short term, but some of these are also tools and frameworks that can be leveraged um, going forward. And part of what we do want you to get out of today is, is really some actionable items. Um, so there's actually three areas that I want to focus on in terms of challenges, and then we're going to go through and look at what are some of the opportunities related to them. Um, so the first challenge is employers who are hesitant to hire remotely. Now, this has been something that, you know, has been the norm for a long time. Most students or most employers weren't really considering virtual internships in the past. Um, but now that a lot of their workforce has moved online, there is sort of, you know, a, a more openness to it. But at the same time, um, as Abby alluded to earlier, in some cases, not even the supervisor or the team itself, but it can actually be at the HR department level in terms of hesitancy we don't necessarily have the processes to onboard or, or so on or in some cases it can be a question of um, you know what should that student focus on when they don't necessarily have the same type of direct supervision that they had before so we're going to talk a little bit about that challenge um, one of the biggest challenges that I know a lot of you identified at the beginning of, of today's session was students who have limited job prospects um, so thinking about what are their other opportunities and, and you heard from Dr. Wendy Sukier earlier around you know, there are some things that universities are doing right now. Um, we mentioned uh, Magnet and some of the funding that's available through there. Um, but there are also other types of work integrated learning that can provide really valuable skills and can help to prepare that, that person for um, their next opportunity. So, you know, that progression that Dr. Goodrum talked about from um, either a capstone project to something that's perhaps a bit more intensive and then ultimately finding themselves in the workforce. And that really does tie into point number three, which is students who lack the experience, skills, or mindset to succeed in a remote workplace. Um, while we know that there are you know, certain assets that make that group 
uh, more adept at it and, and they can transition more easily, there are also challenges. And, and the challenges aren't really around the technology because, you know, in many ways they are digital natives, but it's around um, more of the, the processes and the mindset and some of these soft skills that uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about um, over the years. So let's talk about that first challenge. When we think about employers who are hesitant to hire and onboard remotely, um, you know, this can happen for a number of reasons and, and employers can opt not to hire for reasons such as financial instability. We know that a lot of businesses, particularly small and medium-sized businesses, are struggling financially right now. Um, that varies the degree of which, but when, when we are seeing instability, of course, there's going to be much more hesitancy to um, take on students, even in situations where uh, perhaps that student might add value. So that becomes a balancing act, especially if there is, um, even if we're talking about wage subsidies, if there is an employer portion. Um, if we can get closer to the 100%, then that can um, possibly alleviate some of the strain. But again, it depends on, on that unique context. Um, one of the challenges that's tied into that financial instability can be layoffs of their existing workforce. So just the lack of people to, to supervise or oversee, or just a reprioritization of work um, and all of these can sort of tie into a hiring freeze. Now, on the other hand, sometimes there are reasons that internships are canceled and it's not necessarily um, because, because that employer doesn't have the capacity. It's because they don't have the, ex they don't have past experience with moving to um, remote work for, from an intern perspective. And there's some hesitancy there. And again, that hesitancy can be at the HR level or it can be at, at the team level. But this fear of the unknown, especially as we were in very uncertain times generally, um, can affect how people and how companies behave when it comes to their hiring process. Um, one of the things that, you know, as we're starting to think through this is if, if we can help the employer more clearly uh, define or articulate not just the job role, but perhaps something that's very tangible, right? So rather than having a student come in and, um, you know, perhaps we talked about the example earlier around uh, like a medium or small business that's looking to uh, improve their digital infrastructure, let's say. Um, while that role originally for the student might be quite open-ended and include a number of, of different aspects, one of the things that we can do with employers to provide greater comfort to them and include, increase the likelihood that they're willing to continue is to more clearly define it into a challenge or project. Um, and so this sort of shift from just like general roles and responsibilities to something that's more uh, clearly defined can just give them a bit more comfort. And it can also set uh, clear guidelines for both the student and the employer in terms of uh, what success looks like. We talked about the financial piece earlier. Um, in some cases, you know, the, the companies really aren't in any position to hire, but for some who you know, really could use the help right now, um, and, and they're at a point where they're able to provide some portion of the subsidy, or perhaps in some cases, you know, look to programs that offer even greater than 70% um, subsidy, that can be really a great bridge for them and increase, again, the likelihood that, uh, that they are willing to, to take on that student. Now, speaking to the, the specific aspect of defining the challenge, there's a lot of different ways that this can be done. Um, you know, from simply having uh, 
a few conversations with the employer in advance. Uh, but we developed a tool, and, and we've used this now with some organizations, um, both public and, and private sector employers, to help them frame relevant and meaningful challenges for, for students or, or groups to tackle. Um, these challenges can be uh, quite wide-ranging. They can be you know, broad and, and somewhat difficult challenges, but you can narrow that in and, and be very specific. And part of the value in this sort of approach is that we can provide the student with a positive learning experience while at the same time delivering some value to the employer. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this tool right now, but I am happy to provide it after the working session and, and answer any questions related to it. But part of what we're, we're trying to tackle, how do we give employers a good way to frame that conversation and to ultimately narrow in on what they want um, that student to be doing for them and, and to be um, working towards for the duration of that uh, summer co-op or, or internship opportunity. Now, when we think about some keys to success, there's really a handful of things that ultimately um, will make that relationship work better. One is, is getting as specific and concrete as possible. Um, and that's going to help to reduce some of the anxiety that you see on the employer side in terms of uh, now they have a roadmap and a plan, particularly as we're dealing with uncertain times. I mean, even though um, it's not necessarily directly related, we know that um, people are experiencing more anxiety in their day-to-day -day lives. There is more uncertainty, more stress. And so the more that we can help to alleviate that and not, not have the student internship be an additional challenge for them, but instead be um, something where there is clarity and um, there is you know, a clear value at the end of it, that can be really important. Um, we also need to think about who the collaborators are. It's not about just you know, that student working in isolation, but um, you know, are there other interns who can work with them or are there other employees who can also work with them on that challenge? Um, just to ultimately, again, make sure that it is delivering value to the employer, but also providing some of those collaboration experiences that, that are very valuable to students. Um, one thing just to note, you know, sometimes as we're going through this, we can come up with really interesting uh, challenges or projects, but they're, they're almost too critical. So you do need to, to do a bit of moderation there in terms of um, helping the employer to find something that is relevant and useful to them at the end of the day, but it's not something that, you know, if this doesn't happen, um, then, uh, then the business is really going to suffer. And I think that's really important, particularly during times like these, um, that we make sure that we're providing students with an opportunity to, yes, succeed, but also in some cases, um, fail and, and, and do so in a, in a safe environment, if you will. And again, you know, leveraging some sort of framework, whether it's a future challenge canvas that we have or, or other methods, um, really think about framing it that project and, and helping them to get clarity. Now, the next challenge, and this is one that I think we're, we're dealing with across the board, um, you know, there, there's two aspects to this. One is, um, there are fewer job opportunities, period. So there's not only on the co-op and internship side, but also on the service side. And, and some of those are just jobs that students would look to get to um, earn some money part-time. And those jobs, while you know, not necessarily work-integrated learning, can provide opportunities for growth and leadership and um, skill development. 
Um, so all of these, you know, are missed opportunities for uh, youth today. And as we're sort of in that context, one of the things to think about is what are other alternatives? Um, we can't affect the total number of positions available. We can certainly do our best to encourage employers, but at the end of the day, we are still going to be significantly um, under what we would typically see in terms of uh, open positions. But we can start to look to some of the innovative uh, approaches to delivering work integrated learning. Um, you heard a little bit from uh, uh, Malcolm in terms of what BeHer is doing in that regard. Um, you heard from uh, Abby in terms of capstone projects and, and the potential there. And you know, this is something that we at Prepper are really passionate about helping to uh, first of all, develop passionate problem solvers, as you heard at the very beginning, um, but do it through challenge-based work-integrated learning opportunities. Um, and you know, this can happen across a wide range of, um, of vehicles or channels, if you will. Um, in some cases, it's entrepreneurship, via incubators and accelerators. It can be boot camps and hackathons. It can be applied research projects. And one of the ways that, that we approach this is through um, open challenges on the Prepper Labs platform. And, and I'm not gonna to talk to you too much about it, but right now we have a Beyond COVID challenge that's, that's running. And it's a five week virtual lean learn lab, if you will. And, and Solar is gonna to speak to that a bit further. Um, but this is an opportunity for students to really dig in, get their hands dirty, creating something that potentially could have impact um, while also getting uh, industry feedback. So we have a, a long list of mentors and industry experts, and they're gonna be providing um, webinars and training, as well as like direct one-to-one -one or, or one-to-a-group um, mentorship and, and feedback on these projects. And ultimately, the best projects will receive further support towards commercialization. Um, so these, these, types of, uh, these types of opportunities, while not necessarily providing that you know traditional internship can provide really meaningful work experience um, and even better prepare that young person for their next stage whether that's you know a four-month full-time internship or something else now the, one of the third challenges is students who are who are struggling in that transition to remote work um, this is fundamentally not a technology problem, right? I mean, these students are tech savvy and they can get Slack working and Zoom and whatever else you need. Um, what ends up being some of the barriers are uh, things like not knowing where to start, um, having fewer opportunities to job shadow, so working more independently, being hesitant to ask for clarification. Um, you know, we, we've hired a number of, of interns even in the last week and uh, we're having a great onboarding process with all of them, but um, even still, and, and while we have a lot of experience that, we're still getting questions, which absolutely is encouraged, but I've had students almost apologize for asking questions. And, and um, our take is really, you know, absolutely, we want you to ask everything. Like we want this to be a great experience for you. We want you to have as much clarity as possible. Um, and so we're putting in place as many different mechanisms and channels to um, allow them to, you know, ask their questions and, and be engaged. But this is a skill and it's something that takes time and, and it's not necessarily comfortable for everyone, right? Um, so helping them develop that, that mindset and that approach. And also, you know, ultimately working more independently and, and seeking answers on their own. Um, that curiosity piece becomes really critical because um, 
again, from a clarity perspective, they might believe that one thing has been asked, but it goes back to, did they ask for that clarification and, um, and you know, next steps and so on. So, you know, there are different ways that we can mitigate this. One, and ideally, you're offering a really great onboarding experience. And um, when that happens, it can really set the student up well for success. Um, one of the challenges is that no matter how much we, we can try on our side to prepare, and I know, you know many of you, in particularly as career professionals, um, have seen you have some employers that really do an excellent job of this and some that struggle. And that can be for a wide range of reasons. And that can happen for organizations across sizes. It can happen in a company of five people and it can happen in a company of 5,000. Um, but it, what happens when we don't provide that optimal onboarding experience? What can we do to help our students succeed independent of that? Um, because, you know, it, it really is both sides of the coin. Obviously, we want to do as much as we can to support employers. But on the student side, how do we prepare them? Um, and, you know, there are different approaches and, and so on for this. But one thing that I just want to briefly introduce you to is um, what we use here at Prepper, which is the PIE method. And, and we teach them project leadership, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And this is really a three-phase, 15-step method for, um, you know, solving problems. And it, even though we talk about entrepreneurship, it's really not specific to that. You can take this, this as being entrepreneurship. And it really applies across all levels. So no matter whether that is a, you know, an art student or a UX design student or a, a biology student, they can take this framework and use it within their, uh, their experiences to, you know, at least start to understand how do businesses work and, and what is their role within that. Um, and one of the things that I think is really useful about this is that it is cyclical and it's scalable and it's iterative. So, you know, it is about this continuous loop and, and oftentimes we'll see students, they'll go through it once and that'll get them to a certain point, but along the way they're collecting feedback and then that gives them an opportunity to continue to iterate and improve. Um, and while they're sort of tackling whatever challenge it is, um, they're through those activities actually developing the skills and the mindset to help them succeed in, in, that, uh, in that opportunity. Now, this can happen in advance of a placement. It can happen in parallel. Um, but it just gives them another way of, of thinking. And it helps them to also empower them and help them advocate for themselves, too. So just a few final remarks as we wrap up. Um, you know, there are a lot of challenges in that transition, but there are also opportunities. Um, this gives us an opportunity to work closer with employers to really define a challenge or a project. And that can be useful both for the student and for the employer in, in optimizing outcomes at the end of the day. Um, we can also encourage students to engage in non-traditional work integrated learning opportunities. And Solara is going to talk to you about uh, building a lean learn lab and how do we provide students with those meaningful experiences um, outside of you know, our traditional internship or co-op. And then lastly, you know, thinking about how we empower students with the tools to become problem solvers.